Hello and welcome back to the Premier Talk podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Andrew Mello. Alongside with me, as always, is the legend, Danny B, Danny Barbudo. The legend. What is this? Daniel, <laughs> I read the jersey today. You got you got a little Italian. We got a new kick going on, you know. We gotta support the Euros coming up. I know, of course, buy this kid a couple months ago. And uh new deal, Puma's not in next year, Adidas is in next year, and they changed their kit for the for the Euros. Yeah, Forza Zuri, um, they absolutely <laughs> missed the mark with their new jersey for the Euro. It looks like a training kit. It looks like a t-shirt. Oh, yeah, it does. Almost. It looks like a t-shirt. Brutal. Yeah, they, they, they definitely uh, let themselves down there. Anyways, Daniel, there's some huge big epic. news, huge news this week in the soccer world. We had the Super League. What a shame, honestly. What a shame. We're gonna get we're gonna dive into it. Everyone, I'm sure, has heard about it, but we want to give our take and our perspective of what we think about this mm-hmm. league. Um, so we're gonna tell this one European Super League, and rightfully so. This is episode 11. Daniel, let's get right into the starting lineup here. We got the match day 32 rundown. We're not gonna do games of the week this this week because we figured we'd leave more time for the European Super League. It's gonna be a long talk about that, lots of news. So we're not gonna do games of the week. We're going to go a little bit into detail, a couple games, um, but no games of the week this week. We're going to do European Super League debate. And then we got the new Champions League format. All right, Daniel. So we're going to start us off with the match day 32 rundown. Friday, April 16th. This was a, it was a weird week for the Premier League because most of the days there was like one or two games and it lasted the entire week. Friday, April 16th, one game. We got Everton versus Tottenham, 2-2. This is a really good game, actually. Um, I think both teams deserve the point. You know, Tottenham hasn't been great as of late. Um, Everton, they haven't been great either, to be completely honest with you. Both got one point after this game. Mourinho, finally gone. We've been talking about this for a while. I think it was deserved. Supposedly, he got into a fight with uh, with the president of their club saying that he wanted to rest people for, for this upcoming game because he felt that the league cup was more important and he completely disagreed big argument there eventually got fired anyways moving on to saturday april 17th newcastle versus west ham 3-2 i think this one was a little bit of a shocker especially how good west ham's been playing you got newcastle they come they come out on top in this one steal three points from west ham jay lings again on the score sheet the the goat himself uh the other game on saturday april 17th was uh wolves versus sheffield i think Everybody expected Wolves to come out on this one. They did. one nothing. Good win for them. Sheffield, I think right now, relegated. I think they've been relegated for the past, I would say, two months. I think everybody knew that they were going to get relegated. I think there was there was no doubt in anyone's mind that they weren't going to get relegated. Moving on to Sunday, April 18th. We got Manchester United versus Burnley. This one ended 3-1 Manchester United. Big win for Manchester United. Come on. I was going to say, oh, God, GGMU. I was about to say, come on. I was like, oh, no, I can't say come on because then you got come on, you gunners, and then people, these fraudulent Arsenal fans. And talking about fraudulent Arsenal fans, the other game on Sunday, April 18th, was Arsenal versus Fulham. Fulham came out with a point in this one, scoring in the 90th minute, nice and late, 1-1. Um, the most shocking VAR call I've ever seen on Saka. He was about two inches offside with his right foot. 
And uh, if he had one shoe size smaller, it would have been onside. Absolutely shocking that that he's been called offside. But VAR has been absolutely awful all year. So why not continue their terrible streak? Monday, April 19th, it's only one game again. We got Leeds versus Liverpool. Leeds coming out with a point here, which was a little bit shocking to see if I'm a Liverpool fan. But then again, Liverpool hasn't been great. Andrew, I know you have a transfer everybody wants to hear about because this is absolutely massive news. Just came out this morning right before we started recording. Ibrahima Konate to Liverpool. Yeah, bang. This is a big transfer rumor for uh, Liverpool. We mentioned this a couple of episodes earlier. We we said he, we uh, the, that Liverpool should sign him, and they did. And they signed him for his release clause, paying it uh, around 35 million euros, which is a big sum. But Daniel, make no mistake, this is the right signing. He's only 21 years old. He hasn't played a ton this year because of injury. So uh, he's been out. He's only played 12 matches. Uh, but in those 12 matches, he's had 71 clear, uh, duels won. And he's also had 31, uh, 30 aerial duels won in the Bundesliga. So that's those are some impressive uh, defensive numbers in only a, sh- a short amount of games. He also bagged a goal, a headed goal that he scored. And Daniel, what is most impressive, the most impressive stat for me is he was clocked in at 33 0.57 kilometers that was his fastest sprint speed and that mm-hmm. is something that liverpool could really use at the back it's and it's any big team could really use at the back is pace a pacey center back they're very hard to come by they're getting a youngster here uh he looks like he's already played in numerous years at the professional level uh he's super talented the future for france at the center back uh position he's definitely gonna find i think he's gonna find his way into the european squad this summer hopefully mm-hmm. um you know there's a plethora of center back options there but he, he would definitely be a great option there. Um, and another center back from uh, from Leipzig goes, eh? Yep. Meccano went and now uh, Kanati. So that defense is going to look a little bit different next year. Yeah, they're down to one more. They have Mukieli who plays sometimes fullback, sometimes center back. But that's the last center back. And I think hey, he's don't go- don't sleep on Klosterman. I love Lucas Klosterman. Klosterman, he's fantastic very, too. Very as well. versatile. Have- could play as a fullback, could play as a center half. So mm-hmm. very versatile there. So they still got they still got some uh, they got some talent still. Um, yeah, definitely a big signing for Liverpool because they need another center back. This Konate-Van Dijk pairing eventually when it happens next year is going to be scary, to be completely honest with you. You got Konate, who's who's fast, and uh, even Van Dijk's pretty fast on himself. Joe Gomez, both, too, is another pacey guy. They're both massive. Like, yeah. this is just going to be a scary... You got the two twin towers you're going to be facing up against as a Premier League striker. It's going to be scary for most uh, most strikers. And one thing I really do like about the Bundesliga and I admire, they have, like, a really good stat software i want to call it that they keep track of like stuff like this like his fastest top speed which i know most leagues do sometimes but mm-hmm. they have it for like every single game which i love and even at halftime their halftime shows isn't like you got the two comp you got two people discussing the game so far at half which is usually what it is but then they dive into stats of players that are on the pitch currently and i love that they do that i think it's fantastic i think more leagues should implement this because it's great to see cool stats like their top speed how many passes distance travel all the type of stuff at halftime i think it's great Daniel, I think this signing of Konate really means that Kabak, I don't think they're going to re-sign him. Uh, they have the mm-hmm. option to buy, but I don't think that uh, he's going to he's gonna stick around for too long because they're not going to need him once all these guys come back. He's not going to have any minutes there, in my opinion. And anyone about Ben Davies hasn't even played. I think he's played one game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, weird signings there in January. I think they're just trying to stop the bleeding. And uh, this is the real signing. Uh, a sign that will actually have an impact and it would have been good to get him in January, but uh, they weren't able to secure him then. But uh, come next season, come the start of the season, he's definitely going to be around. And he's definitely going to be uh, making a statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's great. We're going to move on to Tuesday, April 20th. 
This was a weird one again. I think Brighton stole a point off Chelsea, which was huge for Brighton in their relegation. Hopeful, hopeful of not being relegated because they are currently six points, I believe six points up on Fulham, um, which which is is good for for Brighton. No, they are seven points up on Fulham. So that point was huge because it took them out from from six points to seven points, just extending a little bit of distance between them and relegation. Big point for Brighton. Unexpected tie for Chelsea because Chelsea have been great as of late. Moving on to Wednesday, April 21st, we got Aston Villa versus Manchester City. This is a weird one because Aston Villa scored a minute in. They scored like 20-some-odd seconds in. Two red cards as well. That was an interesting fixture there. Two red cards. You got the first red card coming to John Stones, which is a, just a brutal tackle. Studs up to the knee. Awful. And then the McGinn, second one, it was McGinn, right? He got a second yellow, right? I don't think it was McGinn. Oh, I forgot what his name was. He's a center mid on, on Aston Villa. I think, I think it was McGinn. Second, I think was, it was, was it McGinn? Yeah, it was a second. It was a second yellow. It wasn't great. Um, Just a, a dumb tackle. Wasn't needed on, on Foden. Shouldn't have been done. Anyways, Manchester City come, came out on top of this one, 2-1. They, I think it was a little bit of a scare here, especially with uh, John Stones getting a, a straight red like he did when they were tied 1-1 and then putting them down to 10 men. But then as soon as Aston Villa got their red card, he knew City was going to battle back, which they did. Thursday, April... Actually, hang on. There was one more game on Wednesday, April 21st, but this was for match day 29. It was a makeup game because the game had to, go, had to get rescheduled for some reason. It was Tottenham versus Southampton. Tottenham won this one 2-1. And main talking point in this one was new manager... After firing Marino, they had to bring somebody in. They brought in Ryan Mason. Former player as well. He's a former player of Tottenham. He's 29 years old, and he's the youngest manager ever in Premier League history. He had to stop playing for Tottenham because of a a brain injury or a head injury, I believe, that was that just doctors advised him to stop playing. Um, So he was forced to stop playing. He took on the coaching role. And look at that. His first game for Tottenham comes out with a win, and his second game is going to be the cup final. So we'll see how that one goes as well. And uh, that one is on Sunday, I believe, which we'll be discussing next week. Moving back to match day 32, Thursday, April 22nd, we got Leicester City versus West Brom. Leicester City came out on top 3-0 in this one. I think this was expected. West Brom sitting currently in 19th. Leicester City, you know, they're dealing with injuries. Ian Acho has been fantastic. Bagged another goal in this one. And uh, not much else to say there. We're going to move into a table recap because we haven't done one in a few weeks. And I think that we need to uh, we need to do one just to let you guys all know how the teams are doing if you guys aren't already following. Andrew, I'm going to start us off with um, the teams that are going through so far. So the top 10. And then if you want to do the bottom, bottom 10, we'll move like that. In first, like I think most of you know, we got Manchester City. They've been phenomenal. They got 33 matches played, 77 points. They lost two weeks ago which was a little bit shocking from them dropping points. But then again, they're gapped in between first and second. You got 11 points between City and No Manchester chance. United. No chance they're catching them. No chance. Absolutely. I'm not going to say no chance because I, I, I you got to have a little bit of faith in your team. I'm going to have a little bit of faith. I don't think that City's going to drop enough points for Manchester United to come back. Manchester United does have a game in hand. Mm-hmm. So that could, if they do win, win their game in hand, they'll, they'll drop to eight points back of, of first place. But still, too big of a gap for them to overcome. I think City has this one in the bag. Like I said, second, Manchester United. Third, Leicester City with 59 points, seven back of United, which is, again, another pretty big gap. Uh, Chelsea sitting in fourth currently, four points back of of Leicester. And then West Ham tied on points with Chelsea currently sitting in fifth. Tottenham in sixth with 53. Liverpool in seventh with 53. Liverpool in seventh is, is pretty shocking because they might not even be playing in Europe next year. You got Everton sitting in eighth with 49. Arsenal in ninth, which is, again, 
pretty ridiculous that Arsenal sitting in ninth right now, but what else can you expect? Come on, you Gunners. Leeds United sitting in 10th, same points as Arsenal with 46. Andrew, bottom 10. Yeah, Daniel, we got Aston Villa at 11, Wolves at 12. Uh, then, you know, following them is Crystal Palace and Southampton. Southampton have really tapered off this year since the start of the season. Uh, they're staying with 36 points. Um, and then, Daniel, I just want to skip some of these other teams, like Newcastle follows and Brighton. But the important one here is Burnley at 17 mm-hmm. and then Fulham at 18. Right. We, we have West Brom in 19th with 24. And there's a there's a decent gap there. We're talking nine points away from from staying alive. So I think that's too much of a of a mountain to climb for West Brom. But Fulham, though, they're only six. They're two games, two wins behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have one game played more than than Burnley, obviously with 33 opposed to 32 of Burnley. But mm-hmm. Daniel, I just want to I just want to talk about the Fulham fixture sheet because Fulham have a slim chance. It's still a chance, though. Um, they have to play Burnley in a couple of weeks time. That is going to be a massive, massive game just because it's a six-point game because you're taking the three away while gaining three uh, if they were to win. They also have some notable fixtures. They have a game against Manchester United, which I don't think they're going to be able to win. Uh, they have a game against Chelsea, which I don't think they're going to be able to get points from. But they played the end of the season against Newcastle. That's a that's a very that's a game where they're, they're going to be definitely able to win. Um, so they also play Southampton, which I could think they, they, they can get points there, mm-hmm. but those there's are points, the three, yeah. there's the three games there that I think they could, they're, they're really, they're really able to, to go and grab points. Burnley, Southampton and Newcastle. Burnley's going to be the, the, the biggest match. If they lose that or drop points there, they're done in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. But Chelsea and Manchester United, if they manage to get a point uh, from any of those games, it's going to be, it's going to be massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they will be uh, able to, but uh, Fulham, they're staying alive. If they, if they uh, are able to, uh, Get some, get some crucial points in, in some of these last games, right? I would love to see Fulham go in and beat Burnley. Um, just so it comes down to one of those, like, last couple of days. You know, those last days are huge. These, like you said, they're going to play Newcastle, Southampton. Huge games for them. Um, Burnley, they better hope that they can... If I think if they beat Fulham, it's they're solidified to go through. And then the three teams being relegated are Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I would love to see Fulham win just so it comes down to like those last couple of match days. Yeah, because we already know that the top of the league is pretty much, you know, solidified uh, in terms of who's going to win and who's probably going to make, you know, Champions League and, and whatnot. I think West Ham's going to be, I think West Ham's got it down. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they could do it. Um, but I want to see something at the bottom of the table because you already know it's going to be really hard for West Brom. We already know Sheffield's going down. They haven't won in their last five Um They've been poor, obviously, and you know they're not they're not a Premier League caliber team. Sorry, mm-hmm. they had a phenomenal season last year, but not Premier League uh, level. But just quickly here, I think Fulham could do it, and they're they're a London based team. They have a they have a big following, and um, mm-hmm. it'd be nice to see them stay up. Uh, I want to see I want to see the tables turn a little bit. I don't want to see Fulham go down. I want to see them stay up, and uh, I'd rather see Burnley go down, to be honest. It's gonna come down, I think, to one of the last couple of days. So we're excited to see that, and we'll keep you guys updated as always. We're going to move on to probably the biggest talking point in sports over the last, I'm going to think in soccer history. I'm going to, I'm going to come on and say it. this is the biggest 100%, thing 100%. that happened in, in, in soccer football history. It's ridiculous. This was absolutely insane. The European Super League. Andrew, I want you to start us off. Get us at a little bit of details. I have, uh, a, lot of talk, I have a lot to talk about in this one. This, this is going to be a long one. The crook, uh, Florentino Perez, the, the president of Real Madrid, we know he's always been money hungry. Uh, and you see it even more so now with this proposed uh, idea that he tried to, to you know, 
that he tried to put into fruition. Uh, he, his vice chairman was Agnelli, uh, the president of Juventus. Uh, he's involved there, high up in, high up in Juventus. So they, they, they were the masterminds behind this, and they really wanted to uh, push through this idea of the Super League. The Super League being a competition that teams would play midweek. Uh, they're they're predominantly consist the the it would consist of 20 teams that's what they were hoping for they wanted they had 12 founding teams that had signed off uh, when they when they broke the news uh, they were aiming for 15 and then they wanted five to qualify somehow whatever their qualifications were which I think is complete BS uh, there's mm-hmm. no sporting merit there we're gonna get into that still um, but obviously they wanted 20 teams and there'd be 10 per group and they play. A certain amount of matches, and then there'd be qualification to the quarters, semis, finals, whatever, and then mm-hmm. they would play throughout the throughout the week. And that would obviously they wouldn't be able to do Champions League at that rate. So that would be that would mean that minimally twelve teams to potential twenty teams would be uh, you know no longer playing the UCL, which, which would be detrimental to that competition, a historic competition, one that uh, you know has brought so many great storylines and mm-hmm. history. You know, it's it's a historic part of the game. It's a historic part, a historic part of professional soccer is the Champions League, that competition, right? Mm-hmm. So they would have they would have destroyed that competition if this had uh, you know come to fruition. And then these the teams consisted of the big six, the quote unquote big six of the Premier League, quote, Arsenal in ninth, yeah, Arsenal seventh, yeah. So yeah. so there's some of these. So obviously Chelsea, you got City, United. Uh, Liverpool, Tottenham, and Arsenal, that's the six. And then they had three teams from Italy, three teams from Spain, the three teams from Italy being Atleti, or no, from Italy being uh, Juve, uh, AC Milan, and Inter. Uh, mm-hmm. And then from Spain, they obviously had Atleti, uh, they had Real Madrid and Barcelona. So mm-hmm. this this fell through, Daniel, midweek, because of the uproar from the soccer community, the footballing community, and fans. Everyone, there's a, over a billion tweets about the Super League, no to Super League. Uh, and people just trying to petition for this to, to, to not go through because it would, Daniel, would ruin the game. It would absolutely it would. Mm-hmm. ruin the game. And this was only ever about money, this competition, uh, because any team that would participate would be, uh, it would, I think the number that they're throwing out was around $4 billion in revenue they would make, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Uh, but, you know, it obviously be detrimental to the league, to numerous leagues. And UEFA came out and they slammed this, the Super League and they said, hey, if anyone participating, any player is not going to be able to play in any any other UEFA competition. So that would mean, mm-hmm. there, w- w- you know, is the World Cup up in the air? Is the Euro Cup up in the air mm-hmm. now? They because, said international play. They said, they said no they would, UEFA, nothing. Exactly. So that that would be detrimental to that co- those competitions, right? And then um, they, they were mentioning that there would be the, this year's Champions League teams, the four remaining teams that were obviously involved in the Super League would be kicked out. There'd be no Champions League this year. So there was a lot of things up in the air that we didn't know was going to happen. Uh, Daniel, I just want to hear your take on the Super League and how you feel from a football perspective, a football fan perspective of this proposed league. Are you for yeah, you against? I'm I'm completely against this. I think like most soccer fans, they are completely against this. This is absolutely ridiculous. You got people. One of the 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 investors, most of the investors are from American uh, American investors. They're trying to Americanize the sport, and they don't understand that like people in Europe care so much about teams and care so much about competitions and i think without the fan uproar the amount of fans and tweets and posts everything they would this league had the potential to go through i think it really did i don't think that they i think that they didn't they they didn't realize how much uproar they would get there was people outside of stadiums going nuts they 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 got into the liverpool fans got into the locker room and hang hung up signs like saying like shame on you guys for for participating in this and agreeing to this 
It was ridiculous. I cannot believe that this was even a proposed idea. I think this is all about money. People were just trying to get a nice little payday. Like you said, teams would get $4 billion to participate. And I think up front, they would get $350 million to go for like spending money and to upgrade like stadiums and to, to put the crest all over their, their, bad, their, their kits and stuff like that. It was ridiculous. I cannot believe how money hungry these people were that they were willing to risk all of UEFA, which is Champions League, uh, Europa League, and then the Conference League coming out next year. They're willing to risk international play. It was absolutely insane. They were willing to risk getting kicked out of their own leagues, their own domestic leagues that they've been fighting in for. Teams have been fighting in those leagues for hundreds of years. Imagine, cannot... a, imagine a Premier League uh, season without the likes of Manchester City, uh, yeah. Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool. Imagine like a couple years back, uh, Wolves would have topped the league. Like that's how serious mm-hmm. we're talking. Like I know. Leicester would have topped the league again. You know what I'm saying? Like you- Leeds would have been a third place team this year. So like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just crazy to think of that. I know it, it, it's ridiculous. Even if you think about it, like international play, as soon as they said that they, I think they knew UEFA would basically press as hard as they could, knowing that they could risk all risk. They were willing to risk everything to gain everything back. They said that they would, they wouldn't be allowed in, in any of the champions league without them, those 12 teams in the champions league that had already agreed the champions league wouldn't exist anymore. Like, let's be completely honest with ourselves. Champions league final would be like Everton versus like, Whoever you even Atalanta, like, does anybody <laughs> want to want, want to see that as your Champions League final? No, nobody wants to see that. That competition is going to go by the wayside. It's going to be done. Europa League is going to be shocking. This new Conference League is going to be absolutely terrible. You're going to have teams that are finishing in like 13th in in the Prem are going to be playing. You're going to have like, a 14th place Bulgarian team playing. You know, so yeah, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. They didn't they didn't understand this. I think UEFA knew that they had to get this league back, so they were willing to risk everything. They said no international play. World Cup, you got World Cup. This is possibly Messi and Ronaldo's last World Cup. What are you going to have? No Messi and no Ronaldo in the World Cup? You're going to have all these players. They're going to be looking at like second division teams for to fill up their national squads. It's going to be ridiculous. Like it's, it's just insane. Like half of, the, half of the Spanish team is Madrid, Barca, Atleti. So who, who what's the Spanish team without those teams? Half of yeah. the, the, the Italy team is Juve... Oh, and PSG was another team that we forgot to mention as well. Sorry, PSG was involved in this league, weren't they? Or no? No, PSG uh, wasn't. So some, they were like, uh, they didn't. They never agreed. There was never any agreement. They said that they were kind of against it. I don't know. There were still talks going on there. I know both of the the top um, German teams, Dortmund and Bayern Munich. They said credit to them. Said, credit, absolute credit to them. To them. I think okay. So in the the German league works a little bit differently. Fans have fifty one percent ownership of the of the team. There isn't one. There is no one owner, so the owner couldn't just go and decide because they don't have it's like power uh, to. It's like Befica too. Befica is a similar. I know because I've been obviously involved with the club, right? And as a mm-hmm. fan, right? So it's it's done by uh, they're they're called uh, socios, so like they're like members really, and they mm-hmm. pay to be a part of a, a membership, and they get to vote on certain things. So like the presidency is one of those things. So like same mm-hmm. similar to Bayern Munich, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm so happy that those teams said no to it. But then again, if you see those teams saying no to it. That means that it's going to be Bayern Munich, Dortmund, and PSG that are going to continue on Champions League and mm-hmm. Europa League if they do get knocked out of Champions League. Like, do they not realize that there's only three big teams? They, they, all the, the, I think all top five teams would go by the wayside, to be completely honest. With you. There wouldn't be enough money and revenue and in, in people watching for them to continue to stay afloat. It means that in the English, like 10th division, like there's no 10, 9, 8, 10. I think they're going to be completely, there's going to be no English other than the Prem. All those competitions are going to go by the wayside. I think that there's just like, they didn't think about these type of things. And from a fan perspective, it's disgusting that they didn't. It's ridiculous. They, didn't, they went behind the backs of players. They went behind the backs of fans. 
uh, it was an absolute slap in the face to the footballing community. Uh, they, you know, the situation, you know, the situation is pretty messed up. Uh, if UEFA are the good guys and FIFA are the good guys, it's pretty funny to think about it like that. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. And uh, it, it was absolutely uh, a disgrace to even propose this idea. Um, it, it, it is, uh, you know, it's doing such a disservice to to the, the footballing history and everything that's been built up over the, the last uh, hundreds of years, you know, uh, since football's existed at the level it has. And think about it, Daniel, this would this wouldn't just affect primary leagues. This would affect second division teams, third division mm-hmm. teams. There would be no so more. It would, That's it. It would spiral downwards and mm-hmm. uh, just absolutely uh, end some teams. Some teams wouldn't be able to survive, you know, the lack of the funding, right, that they're so accustomed to. Um, so so this is an absolute joke. I said it was a joke as soon as it came out. I was shocked to see it come out to be proposed. Mm-hmm. It's It's only ever been about money. And it will always be about money. And it's pretty stupid knowing that Tottenham would be in this this uh, this uh, competition and Arsenal would be in this competition when they're sitting uh, farther behind, like a Leicester. And you know mm-hmm. why is Tottenham in the Super League when uh, they're they're getting beat by uh, Zagreb? So you know what I'm saying like why are yeah, these teams it all comes down to money to be a part of Super League? It's mm-hmm. it's Daniel all about money because they have money uh, because they have the connection with these other rich clubs they're put in there's no sporting merit here mm-hmm. uh that's everything that football is about that's everything that is sport is about that's the foundation of sport is that there is competition you have to compete in order to receive accolades in order to receive trophies in mm-hmm. order to you know see yourself and be, and be regarded as a top team as a superior team as a championship level team and for you just to be thrown in this competition on the basis of money alone is an absolute mm-hmm. joke you know, I'm trying not to swear here because it makes me so angry. Mm-hmm. It makes my blood boil when I'm like talking about this because uh, there's no sporting merit. There's no there's no history to some of these clubs and they're just tossed into uh, th- this competition. Right. Uh, I can name uh, numerous teams. Ajax, you know, is a, is a club with so much history, more trophies than some of these teams uh, mm-hmm. f- combined. Right. Befica mm-hmm. is another one. Uh you know, there's loads of teams that have built themselves up throughout the course of history and have the fan bases they have because they're respectable clubs with class. Mm-hmm. And it's it's honestly sickening to see how money has corrupted this game, has corrupted the sport that so many people around the world love. And it shows you, uh, I'm honestly so impressed and so grateful that, uh, you know, fans from, from these respective clubs came out, protested this, and uh, it's it just it's it's the that's the beauty of the sport people coming together uh and sharing their passion sharing their love and, and you know fighting for what they believe in and that's so important here uh because the super league would have been it would have just destroyed football it was it was like football was ending on that day when the news came out if it had come into you know reality and it came to reality uh so it, it was definitely a scary week for soccer and I, i'm absolutely disgusted that these these people that uh, don't even care about the game are trying to ruin it right and mm-hmm. uh florentino paris said uh people 16 to 24 don't care about watching the champions league that's an absolute lie because yeah, i know I, all my friends uh that, that we're, uh, we're in canada and the amount of people that we know exactly. that go and watch it we don't we don't we're not even associated with european soccer or european football and and we're going and watching taking time out of our days to watch champions league that that stat that he threw out there was disgusting yeah, there's no foundation to these these comments or remarks. He says he's trying to save football. Well, in fact, he's actually he's he's destabilizing football. That's what he was doing by proposing this idea. Um, and, and if you're for it, I, I don't understand where you're coming from because 
football, like I, I'm going to say again, is all about competition. You have to earn your, your, your respect in this game. And by just tossing some teams in there because they got, you know, dollars behind them is, mm-hmm. is, is disgusting. It's honestly disgusting. Uh, and if it had come into uh, reality this league, I, I could, Daniel, I, I promise you on my life, I would not tune into a single game. I would not mm-hmm. because it's, 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 it's complete uh, BS. It's, it's garbage. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think I don't think that there would have been much like my two favorite teams. Like I'm, you guys know, I'm a big Manchester United fan. I'm, I think Messi is the greatest player in the world. So I, I support Barcelona as well. I like, it's, it's sad to see that two of my favorite clubs were accepting to this. Like, I, I don't understand. Daniel, that. I, I would have been embarrassed if Benfica had been involved. I would have been I know. embarrassed. It, it, embarrassed. It is. It's disgusting. There was people who were coming straight out on, on Twitter, on Instagram saying that if their team accepts this, they're not going to support that team anymore. Like, I think that's the reality of it. I think that there was people who were willing to not watch soccer anymore if this came into, into fruition. So thank God it didn't. And another thing that I wanted to discuss, there was going to be 12 founding teams. They wanted to get to 15 founding teams with five teams qualifying in each comp in every single year, five teams would qualify. And what's the basis of competition? There's all these leagues out there. Uh, some leagues, you know, like, what are you going to go on points? Like, what are you going to mm-hmm. do this on the basis of? I, that's why I don't like it. That's corruption there. Like, the, how are you going to decide, say, a uh, second, uh, second team, uh, second place in France is better than a first place team in Portugal mm-hmm. or or, uh, or in Russia? Like, how do you choose on a given year? Yeah. Yeah, qualifies? No, it it was... doesn't make sense to me. And what makes that even worse is that those 15 founded founding teams could not get relegated. So the five teams would qualify. Three of them would be relegated. Two of them would stay in the league for the next year. But even if the founding teams, let's say I'm going to just pick on three teams right here. I'm going to pick on Arsenal, Tottenham, and Chelsea. Let's just say, just for argument's sake, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Chelsea finished in 20th, 19th, and 18th. They still could not get relegated. That's a joke, Daniel. That's a joke. Because they were part of the founding teams. That is disgusting. The, The fact that you you might finish the worst in the league and you still might not even get relegated because you paid or you were paid money. You're a founding team in this league. That's there's I no, there's believe no that was a validity thing. there at all. There's no validity whatsoever. And uh, you know, that doesn't substantiate the league at all. It doesn't make the league, uh, you know, real. It, it, it's a joke. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's about, you know, accumulating dollars and, and mm-hmm. that's all it ever will be. Uh, it, it, it's just, it just it's just greed man it's it's so pathetic to to you know even you know talk about it like it's just mm-hmm. i don't know it's sickening to me as a football fan i i don't know it's it, it it would ruin the ability uh for 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 lower tier teams to to build themselves up and go on these runs yeah. right we would never see these underdog stories again we would never see imagine imagine never seeing a leicester city go and win the league like they did in 2016 mm-hmm. we would have it never seen happen. that it wouldn't it wouldn't happen it wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. It would. It would just destabilize football. It would eradicate uh, the beautiful moments, the, these uh, these unscripted and natural moments that we're so accustomed to seeing. And we would have never seen the Ajax run in the Champions League a couple of years back. That was Atalanta true. run. Who never was yeah, Atalanta that. run. Um, the Leipzig run a couple of years back. Um, these 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 runs that that make football so special because. On a given day, any team could win, and that's the beauty of soccer. And if you're just tossing in teams because they got money, there's there's not there's no there's no there's no special feeling you get when you're tuning into a match. And mm-hmm. um, I, I really hope this doesn't. You know, I'm I've I fear that after the Euros, because they're not giving up completely. I have fears that they're going to try to go and negotiate and with mm-hmm. UEFA and try to do something here. And I'm, 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 I'm not looking forward to that. If that's going to be the case, you know, so I really hope that that doesn't come around. So, 
Yeah, no, I can I completely agree. Even like people even looking into the fact that like you got rivalries. Like there's a, like the Manchester Derby that happens twice a year. It's two massive. It wouldn't be games. special. It wouldn't be. It's special not special anymore. You got the you got the Barca versus Real Madrid. Like those type of games, like aren't special anymore. When they're when everybody's in the same league, you're playing them four times a year. Like games would happen like every single week. They said that there was going to be way more games. They wanted to be. They wanted to make it so that there was more than just you're playing every team twice. They wanted to make way more games in it. None of that's special anymore. Like you're not fighting in front of your your home crowd. Like it's, it's, I don't understand the whole concept of this concept is just money. That's the whole concept of this league. But I don't understand how they expected teams. Like okay, so the presidents were the only people that needed to sign on, and there was even like chairman coming out. Like I know Maldini came out, and he said that he heard about the news right when we did. Like, as soon as it got announced, that's oh, they kept it under the, they kept it under the table. They like, they kept it, kept it so... Uh, like, okay, obviously, there was talk going on that they wanted to start this, and they wanted to start a new league, and UEFA weren't okay with it, but nobody knew the extent of this league. They just knew that they wanted to start something. People thought it was going to be, like, kind of like a Champions League type thing, where it's, like, a tournament that that would be played of, like, the top teams, which is, like, okay, sure. Like, everybody stays in the domestic league. It's You play a tournament with the top teams, but it's not, like founding teams and then those teams can't get relegated and then those teams are always going to stay because they have the most money the most power that's disgusting and like i just don't like i don't even know where presidents were coming from and the fact that there was chairman like maldini he came out and he said that he didn't even know about it that they kept it so quiet to the point where only the president i know the players had no idea players didn't know what it was something that would affect their career in a drastic manner in a drastic tone and imagine like the, the the courses of many players careers would be you know they'd be much different if this had mm-hmm. come, you know, come into reality. And I really hope this doesn't, this doesn't come back. And uh, I'm just, I'm just scared that it would come back because it would absolutely, it would ruin my love for the game. Dan. And that's, it would ruin mm-hmm. a lot of people's love and the passion that they have for games. You mentioned like the, the imagine, uh, you know, Barcelona and Real Madrid playing every other week. It, it would take away from that, that, that anticipation of those games, the rarity mm-hmm. of those games are only played once or twice a season. Right. So mm-hmm. these are truly special footballing moments and footballing fixtures. And for them to be played on a regular basis just takes away from, you know, the, the, the spectacle that what is an El Clasico, what is a Manchester Derby or a London Derby, right? These are mm-hmm. special days that we all look forward to. And if they're occurring on a week, uh, you know, a biweekly or whatever on a monthly basis, it's, it's just, it's not fun. It's not fun, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not fun. I completely agree. I, I think that they're going to, they said that they're going to try again. They said that the, the idea of the European Super League is not done. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that UEFA shuts it down completely. And you see, like you said, UEFA and FIFA being the good guys for us, it's weird to see because there's been corrupt. I think there's been plenty of corruption that's happened between those two major players. I, I love, I loved how the UEFA president came out and he's like, oh, there's snakes close there's to snakes. us. There's snakes. Yeah, snakes I close to that us. Was hilarious. That was actually shocking though, because one of the guys who's high up, I don't know if it's Agnelli. I think it's Agnelli. He's the godfather of what of the, the, the UEFA president's son. Oh, wow. And he didn't, and the UEFA, there was like, there was no talk about this. And like, that's like almost, I, I consider that family, your godparents. That's family almost. You're not even talking to your family about stuff that you're proposing that's going directly against their views. 
like the fact that that can be kept under the table without letting others know is, is absolutely insane. Yeah, I, know. I understand there needs to be like a commodification of the sport here where they need to make some money. Obviously that's, that's a reality. <laughs> yeah, so, obviously. Cause there's teams be, soccer, because of COVID. Soccer and professional sport has become a business. There needs to be mm-hmm. money made. And there's, it's a big part of the economy in England, as we all know. And the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the prime minister even came out and said there'd be sanctions if they had uh, gone through with this. And imagine uh, the, some of these Premier League teams being relegated to the fifth division, if they came, if they wanted to come back and that it is, you know, escalated even further. That'd be absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this this would take away from those smaller teams trying to fight, you know, to to build themselves up. We would have never seen like all these great stories. And you know, I may be repeating myself here, and you may be repeating yourself here, but it just shows you like the the passion when where we're coming from as footballing fans because mm-hmm. um, this is a sport that you know is 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 deeply rooted in our lives, right? So. Uh, it would have just shifted my whole view and perspective on the game. And it would have absolutely destroyed my, my, uh, my, my admiration for, for, for the beautiful game. It would have. Yep. 100%. I completely agree. I completely agree with you guys. Let us know how you feel. We're on Instagram uh, at premier talk podcast on YouTube. Even if you want to just DM us or anything, just let us know how you feel. We we're very strong about our opinions and we don't think it's going to be great, but if you if you somehow feel like this is going to be good, like Andrew said, and Daniel, this this made. Daniel, this clown Paris, he says, "Oh, we'll just make our own World Cup." Are you dumb? Are you? Yeah, like, are no, you, he's like, lost. Are you dumb lost. like this? He he's he's absolutely he needs a map. Like he needs to come back down to reality because this mm-hmm. guy's he's he's a bum man. He he's trying to you, you can't create your own World Cup. It doesn't work out. You can't create these these things because these are competitions with with deep ties to history and you can't just you can't Been just around for hundreds of yeah, years you can't just, ready to start a new one yeah who are you to come and you know ruin the game and try to mm-hmm. change things in the in the way you're trying to change things um you know this is something we'll continue to talk about and uh, you know continue to stay tuned apart like daniel like daniel said um you know we want to hear some of your opinions as well um because uh, this is huge huge uh news and you know i'm so thrilled that the fans came out in the way they did mm-hmm. in the manner they did because uh you know, we had to come together. This is a community, right? And uh, it's it's absolutely beautiful to see uh, the way people came together to uh, petition and try to, you know, put a stop to this nonsense. And mm-hmm. I'm proud. I'm really proud. Oh my, I, I can't I can't express enough how how impressive it is for fans to come out and say that they they won't don't want a part of this. And even you saw soccer, online, it was soccer. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Daniel. There was Sorry. there was fan there was fans online who were saying like fan fans won um european super league nothing like it was it was great to see i think that 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 was so deserved for the amount of fans that put heart and time and dedication and money into these into these clubs even lower tier clubs you see lower tier clubs in england there's fans they they always their stadiums always full but you support your team for life that's how it is in europe and and i love that and i'm so glad that the fans came out to support uh to support uefa and fifa not that they deserve to be supported because there's still this corruption going on there that's a whole different story but to support that European Super League should not go on. It was it was a it was a bad idea. It was all money rooted, and it should not have ever have even been. It should like this shouldn't even have been an idea. Like to be honest, you like it's ridiculous yeah. that this is an idea. Yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say now, but um, sorry. Yeah, I was, no, no, I was good. I was gonna cut you out. I was just so excited to say what I, I can't remember now what it was. Uh, maybe it'll come back to me. But uh, we're gonna go into the next segment, uh, the new Champions League format. This is this may be in light of you know it came out before but this mm-hmm. may be in light uh, maybe there's some some uh you know little whispers coming around the soccer higher up in the soccer levels maybe this is why 
the the new Champions League format has been proposed along with uh, obviously what's the competition called again lower than the Europa League that you mentioned uh, the the Conference League yeah that's it's a weird it's a weird name um, yeah I didn't like the name either I think it could have come up with something a little bit better yeah a little, a little better uh, each throne I guess but yeah so Daniel I don't know if you want to get into this here with the format because you know it better than I do um, we briefly discussed it off camera but yeah the, this format is is a little bit it's different it's kind of the same as, as champions league but it's they're added to a lot more games and uh there's a little bit more teams now so before it used to be eight groups of four um you would play the top two teams from each would advance into the round of 16 and that's how it would be played out now it's a little bit different there's 36 teams instead of 32 uh it gives the opportunity for four more teams to play in the champions league so that was the whole thought process behind it they wanted more teams in the champions league and more teams more games and more revenue, I guess, for each team because they would oh, have more games. 100%, 100%. Which is, I think is needed, especially with COVID going on. Like we said, they need to make a little bit of money because COVID like, has put teams into millions of dollars of debt. And even you look at teams like Barcelona, Barcelona's like people have said they're, they're a billion dollars in debt. You look at Tottenham, they're like $750 million in debt. It's ridiculous. There's too much debt going around in these teams. Teams aren't going to be able to survive that much longer. So that something needed to happen. I think this is it, but I think that a lot of people in the soccer world, I know coaches and players are not a big fan of this, especially because how many more games are being played. We'll get into that a little bit deeper uh, later. I'm just going to discuss more of the format. Um, the, it's not going to be you play three opponents twice, one home and away, but instead it's you're going to face 10 different teams. Half of them are going to be at home, half away. So five games at home, five away. Of the four extra slots, two slots are going to be awarded to the two clubs that have the highest club coefficient. This is UEFA's way of making like still top teams coming into this competition, even if they're not necessarily the top teams. So um, two teams that are automatically qualified for the champions league stage, but have not qualified for, sorry, they two that they haven't qualified for champions. League. So two of the highest teams that haven't qualified for, for champions league, right? but they've qualified for the, the champions league qualification stage. So that's like the fifth place team and the sixth place team. Um, or they've qualified for either Europa League and the Europa New Conference League coming coming in. So if you've made it into one of those three, the, the Champions League qualification, the Europa League, or the Conference League, and you're ranked high enough on UEFA's scale of this coefficient, you're automatically put into this new Champions League. So this year, it would have been, I believe it would have been Tottenham and uh, Liverpool or Tottenham and uh, Arsenal. So those would have been the two teams that are highest coefficient that that would have made it into um, those two teams would have made it into the Europe Europa conference league starting next year. So that's why they would have been pushed up to champions league because they're the two highest teams with the highest club coefficient. Again, it's a little bit sketchy here because you're putting clubs that don't necessarily deserve to be in champions league, but are the biggest clubs into this competition, which is why people are like, isn't this kind of what the super league's doing sort of, but not really. Um, I, I, I get where UEFA is coming from that. They want to put two, of the better teams into this, but then they're not necessarily the better teams. They just might be teams that have like the ranked higher. I don't know. It's, it's a little bit weird teams. People didn't like this. Um, then the two other spots, you got one spot would go to the, the third place finisher in the fifth rank league by UEFA's calculation. So currently the fifth rank league is uh, the Liga. That's the fifth rank league. And whoever's in third right now would be pushed into champions league. That's how that would work. Um, and then the other spot would go to a domestic champion, um, one who gets thrown into the current summer playoffs. So whoever, if you finish like sixth or fifth in your domestic league, and then you go into the playoff round to get into champions league, whoever finished first in that, that would be the last team to get through. Okay. So a little, little bit changes yeah. there. It's, it's a little uh, that, bit. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. So do you, you want to 
No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I the thing for me with the Champions League uh, is the exclusivity of it, right? It's the mm-hmm. top teams are supposedly, you know, it's supposed to be the idea is that the top teams are there. I think that uh, from a from a professional player perspective, from a club perspective, they don't want this. They don't want this because it's more games for the players, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but from from a money standpoint, this is great because it's more televised game, more sponsorship. Uh, more TV deals, you know, more, more money involved in those TV mm-hmm. deals. Yep. Uh, so, so it's good from that perspective in terms of generating some more income. Right. Um, but, but from a fan perspective, I don't think the champions league needs to be changed personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I think it would be kind of cool to see more games in the group stage because it kind of does get a little bit repetitive when I'm playing a leg away to this team and leg away to that team. When there's more variation, you get more clubs, you know what I'm saying? In the group stages early mm-hmm. on, but you're, you're going to get those games anyways, those great games in the knockout rounds anyways. So I don't, I don't I'm a little bit uh, divided on this one. Um, I like the format already as it is mm-hmm. um, with this new, you mentioned that uh, conference league coming in. So that's going to be like a lower tier of the Europa league. So um, that'll give more opportunity to some of those smaller clubs. I, I mm-hmm. like that idea actually, because um you know, obviously some of these teams never really get to compete in the Europa League. So it would be kind of cool to see, because uh, I think it'd still be highly competitive fixtures too. Yeah, I think it would be. I, so I think it would be nice for a little bit more of an incentive for these smaller clubs mm-hmm. uh, to to uh, obviously uh, further themselves financially, one. And then two, you know, have some more added competition. And it would it would kind of almost balance the playing field. Because if you think about it, if these big clubs are playing these midweek games and then these other clubs aren't uh it, w- it would also almost balance the field but then you could argue that these teams have more money more depth whatever so mm-hmm. it's it's a double-edged sword right it's a double-sided yeah. sword so yeah. um but i i like the conference idea uh this one i'm a little bit on the fence about because mm-hmm. I, I i don't mind the format as it is now daniel i like it it's competitive um it's the best teams mm-hmm. supposedly the best teams right yep um so yeah i i i, I like it the way it is i want to change it the knockout round does change as well. Um, this is it, more it'll go to round of 32 format. No, it's a little bit different. It's um, whoever finishes first. So because you're playing 10 games now, it's, it's, it's basically just like one big league. Almost mm-hmm. there's 36 right. teams first to eighth. So first mm-hmm. to eighth automatically get put through to the knockout round. So Nine, bottom two teams go down to Europa, correct? No, it's, it's a little bit different. It's so basically first to eighth gets pushed into um, the knockout round and then ninth to 24th. They play a two. So I, I, I think it's going to go, if you finish ninth, you play 24th, 23rd plays 10th, 11th plays 22nd and so on. So basically the higher up you finish, if you're not in the top eight, you get to play the lowest seed that's, that's left. Mm-hmm. Um, they would play a two leg, a home and away to determine the other eight teams. So of those, whoever finishes out of the aggregate, the top eight go through to the quarterfinals with the front eight, with first eight. I don't know how the demotion thing works. I don't know who gets demoted to... Um, Europa League and then who mm-hmm. would get demoted to Conference League. I don't know how that works. I don't think I think they're still trying to figure it out. I think they have like a good idea of what's going to happen, but they're not 100% sure what's going to happen with that yet. But this is just again more games. You're getting 9th to 24th. It's not just the top 16 teams advance. They want to do the top 8 teams to advance, so like it's it's harder to advance almost and then 9th to 24th you play two legs to determine the eight of the teams who advance. That's a again, lot of games I know it's, it's I think a lot. Num- I think the number shows 225 instead yes. of the regular 125. That's 100 more games now. That's that was, a lot that was my next point. Yep. It goes 225 games of Champions League instead of 125 games, which is where uh clubs started to intervene, especially managers saying that like if you already look at this year, you look at some teams that are getting absolutely killed with injuries. 
and let's say you are part of Champions League, you're playing more games than usual, you're part of the Europa League, you're playing more games than usual. Now, if you're part of Champions League, you're playing way more games. Like, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. We don't want the level to drop in the Champions League. We want the best lineups coming up because if you're playing more games, I think that uh, the, the idea that where managers would intervene and they'd rotate their squad a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now they play their, their their substitute players more often. So the, those, those big names you would see less often because you mm-hmm. have to balance the workload between a league between the, the the new Champions League format. And then obviously you have your cup ties and your domestic leagues as well. So it'd be a lot more football for these players. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, Daniel, it'd be an upward trend of, uh, of injuries. Of injuries. It has it'd to be. be a, it would be a regular amount of injuries. Yeah, the correlation between games and injuries is definitely going to go up. You're going to be playing a lot more games. It's, and that, it's going to be difficult to manage. That's Daniel. That's where I would draw the line here is the players. The players, you know, they come first because there's no soccer without players. And there's no mm-hmm. so, you know, fans was another thing too. I was going to mention that's where it came back to me now. Fans, there's no soccer without fans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think we should try to you know maintain the the health of players, right? Especially in a COVID era too, it, it'd be kind of uh, messed up to to implement this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I I think that this format is currently gone through, but I think they're still waiting to, to debate it a little bit more because. This was a Champions League thing. Like you said, the teams need more money. There's teams that are too far in debt that they don't look like they're going to recover, especially big teams, which obviously eventually it's going to come to a point where like Barcelona, they're a billion dollars in debt or something like that. It's, it's ridiculous. But, you know, you're, you're paying Messi $600, $600 million a year over five years, which is a lot. And it's probably why they're in a lot of debt. But then again, if you look at Messi, his jersey sales and the stuff that he does for the club definitely brings in more money than they're giving him. So you can't just say it's it's big contracts because then again, like obviously you still got to maintain fields. There's no fans anymore. You're not generating revenue from from food sales and uh, and ticket sales and that type of stuff, which is is obviously a lot of money for these clubs. Money needs to come somewhere. I know money is the root of all evil, and it's why stuff it makes like the world the, go. Money makes the world go around. Daniel. It's stuff, but it's the reason why the European Super League was even introduced. It's all money. I know this Champions League format again. It's kind of a money thing, but at the same time, it's like the people just want to see more Champions League games to be played. So I'm like you, I'm on the fence about it. I, I think that if they can maybe shorten the games a little bit, because I think a hundred more games is a little bit too much. Um, conference, I think league, so. conference league is a good idea though. I like that. I like Yeah, I, I went, I'm with you. I like the conference I would league. like I'm, to see an Everton maybe, you know, you still have top teams in there because Everton you got Le- you, I think yeah. you're going to see Leeds. You're going to see Everton. You're going to see yeah. teams like that. Wolves would be a cool one to see in there. Yeah. Wolves yeah, can yeah. make your open league, but they had an off season this year. But mm-hmm. then you get these like lower tier sides that would be, you know, that miss just miss out on your, uh, you know, a uh, Europa League, you have some of these lower uh, tier Portuguese sides, these lower tier French sides, um, mm-hmm. like a Marseille or something coming in. Because Marseille was they're a historic club. It'd be nice to see them in a European competition once mm-hmm. again. Um, so I'm for that. I'm really for that one. Yeah. Um, anyways, it was a good episode. Episode 12. Next week, we got 11, for you guys. Daniel, this is episode 11. Episode 11. My bad. I said 12. Next week's episode 12. We got next week for you guys. We're going to do a little uh, Premier League team of the season. For those of you, I know FIFA are kind of lining up exactly with them. They're doing dropping team of the season this week. We're going to do a little Premier League team of the season. Um, we're probably going to discuss maybe what? Uh, top 11. We're going to do a starting 11. And, and maybe Daniel, a couple I, I, sorry, sorry, Daniel. I want to put up on our Instagram story too. We're going to put up a bunch of names. We're going to do midfielder shortlist. Uh, mm-hmm. we're going to do a goalkeeping shortlist, a striking shortlist, uh, and we want the fans to vote. So we're going to have our respective, 
you know, players that we want to see in these, mm-hmm. in these lineups and, and, and as the team of the season, but we want to also see the community. So we're going to put out a vote. You guys say yes or no. If you, for example, uh, I don't know, Ederson, yes or no, should he be mm-hmm. in it? So stuff like that. So we want to hear what you guys have to say about it. And you guys are going to have your own uh, fan based uh, team of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, love it. Um, we're getting, we're going to get the guys to, to you guys next, uh, next episode. Like always, we're on Google podcast, uh, Spotify podcast, Apple podcast, Wherever you guys want to listen to us, we're there. Um, thank you for tuning in. As always, we really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We want to hear your, your feedback as well on the social media. That wraps it up. Episode 11, Daniel. Another one in the books. Uh, we're getting closer to the end of the Premier League season here, to the end of the footballing season. It's going to go down to the wire for a lot of games, a lot of teams. That wraps it up. Episode 11. See you guys next time. Peace out. See you later.